You guys ready? ready. I'm ready. Actually, I, I was ready a couple of days ago. I'm excited about this this morning. And I want I want it to be really personal, okay? And I, I want I want it to be a blessing for each one of us. One thing that Tom said when we were praying is, there is nothing new under the sun except what God is creating. And I don't know about you, I've tried to change myself. Have you tried to change yourself? How did it work? You cannot change what you did not create. But you can grow into what you were created to be. And when we come together, that's what I'm looking for. It's like, Lord, how can we become what you want us to become? Not what we think we should be. And that's what, what I want to talk about this morning because we, we've been talking about oneness. A couple of weeks ago, I cut my thumb and I realized how much I need that thumb. You know, and oneness is only as effective as each part of the body. As each cell of the body, if one cell is not healthy, that will eventually create a problem for the whole body. So oneness can only start as each one individual becomes one and being the full potential of that part of the body, that member of the body. I read this this morning. This is a, a passage in Colossians 1, 25 to 29. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to God's people. God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles, too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. We were singing the song, we inquire in the beauty of his temple. Who is his temple? We are. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Take this personally. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. There is a, a treasure in you. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing his glory. 
So we tell others about Christ, warning them and teaching everyone with all wisdom that God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in their relationship to Christ. Another word for perfect here is complete. The word in Greek is teleos. So it, it can be complete or perfect. But they use this Greek word to translate a Hebrew word also. That's shalom. That's wholeness. Healing. Restored. So this is why we come here. We come here, this is what Paul was writing to the Colossians, saying, I want to present you to God, perfect, in your relationship to Christ. That's why I work and I struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. Okay, so, we're going to, Maybe not change the way that we think about change, but we're going to adjust our ways of thinking. Because we do not want to think with our mind, we want to think with God's mind, with the mind of Christ, right? So, we talked about trying to change, you cannot change, because you have been created to be one person, you cannot be something else. But you can find who that person is. Paul wrote like this. We now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. Containing this great treasure. When the way that God sees you, he sees a great treasure. He sees each one of us unique. There is nobody like you. But we tend to concentrate on the jar. Especially that jar was broken several times and put back together. You concentrate on all the cracks and all the problems. And he doesn't care about the jar. Because he sees the treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Another translation says, we have this treasure in hidden vessels, in earthen vessels. And I want to use another passage about a treasure. Okay? A walk with God is not so much about changing, but a lot more about becoming, growing, maturing into what we already are in the eyes of the Father. He does not want you to become what you think you should become. He wants you to become what he created you to become. A, a sentence from my class this week was, your destiny is not a destination. 
It is a relationship. Your destiny is not where you're going to get, but how you're going to change in your relationship with the Father. And that will be only by Him doing it, because we cannot do it. In Ephesians 4, 7, and 8 says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of God's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to each man. So your walk with God is discovering what that gift is, what that treasure is. Of course, we know that there's a big difference the way that we see ourselves and the way that God sees you. Okay, so I'm going to try to paint this picture here. This verse in Matthew 13, 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. Okay? Imagine a field. It can be a field with a house, with a nice barn, or it can be an empty field with rocks, abandoned cars, successes or failures. And we tend to look at the field, the, what we, our eyes can see. Oh, I did this, I started this, but I didn't finish it. So you have that half-built building. Or you have those car wrecks that you just look at the field and you remember. Oh, I remember when I did that, when I crashed into that wall. And we tend to relate to what our eyes and our minds think, what we see. And, we, and then we tend to relate to each other also based on, oh, that field, I would never even get close to it. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid the treasure again. And he sold everything that he owned to get the money to buy that field. I want to put this verse together with the other one that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I want this to have an impact on the way that we change and we adjust the way that we relate to ourselves. Because the biggest price ever paid for anything that was not just to buy a field, a small field, a two-acre lot. It was paid to buy all creation back because of the treasure that he saw in each one. When we come later here and take communion, you, you are coming and saying, okay, I want to 
I want you to reveal to me the treasure that you see in me. I'm not looking for a destination, but I'm looking for this relationship. I'm not looking for what I, I can build upon this field, but I'm looking to find the treasure, that, that unique treasure that you gave me. James 4, 5 says, do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate. That the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. Another translation says, he's jealous of the spirit that you have in you. That is a spark from his spirit. When I put down who I am, I'm putting down what God the Father thinks as a treasure. When I only relate to the car wrecks, <laughs> to the dead trees, <laughs> abandoned gardens, or the mansions that I built, I'm not really relating to myself the way that God relates to myself. God is not trying to make you into something. He's trying to expose the real you he already sees. You know, I, I, li I like woodworking and I will never get to it, but like wood carving. You know, I, sometimes I see people doing some wood carving and they get this old trunk of a tree and they start removing what doesn't belong there. And then they find this huge lion or an eagle you know, but that's the, the eyes of the Creator. He's not changing you. He's just removing what is hiding the treasure. He's not asking you to change. He's just like exposing who you are in His eyes. The, let God reveal to you the treasure that he sees in you. You may only see in the field. You may only see your mistakes and your successes and your failures. And God saw that even before you were born. But he still paid the price. A lot of times we We are infected by our history. Right? The way that you were raised, your relationships with your parents, with your siblings, with your bosses, with the school. You know, but that's not really who you are. 
He sees what he has deposited in you. And that to me is the whole point of coming together. It's like we're going to help one another to discover and to be that treasure. Encouraging one another. 1 Timothy 2, 5-6 says, For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. The man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. I'm, I'm believing for us to discovering this freedom. Not to be limited by what we, we have done, but by be, being free to be who he, he created us to be. I'm going to read a little story here in Luke. Of course, we all heard this so many times. But then I want to read a, a, a little bit out of a book. Luke 7. Thirty-six. Now, one of the Pharisees was requesting him to dine with him. And he, Jesus, entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Can you imagine this? I love to create the picture in my mind. You know, this Pharisee heard what Jesus was doing and all of that, you know, and, and invited him. Wow, everybody's going to see Jesus coming to my house. I'm going to score some points with all other religious leaders here, right? And then there was a woman in the city who was a sinner, and when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, and she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with the hair of her head and kissing his feet and anointing with them with the perfume. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort, what sort of person this woman is who is touching him, that she is a sinner. Why did Jesus was why did he relate to everybody with the sinners with the publicans tax gatherers because he came 
for those that were sick. He came to look for the treasure. He came to show us that each one, one of us has a treasure. And Jesus answered him saying, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender has two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And Jesus said to him, you have judged correctly. Turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, since the time I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little, loves little. Then he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Okay, now I, I need to jump to this book here. This is by Brennan Manning. It's called A Glimpse of Jesus. Okay. Jesus, this is speaking to you, okay? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're just filled with a hidden treasure. Jesus perceived that the only way to help people experience life as gracious gift, the only way to help them to prize themselves as grace and treasure was to treat them as treasure and be gracious to them. I can be anointed, prayed over, sermonized to, dialogued, with and exposed to God's unconditional love in books, tracts, and tapes. But this marvelous revelation will fall on ears that do not hear and eyes that do not see, unless some other human being refresh the weariness of my defeated days. Bearing prevenient grace we humans simply will not accept our life and being as God's gracious gift unless someone values us. 
We can only sense ourselves and our world valued and cherished by God when we feel valued and cherished by others. At a dinner in the house of Simon the Pharisee, the unnamed sinful woman was awed by the loveliness and compassion they streamed from Jesus' face. His eyes called out to her, Come to me. Come now. Don't wait until you have your act cleaned up and your head on straight. Don't delay until you think you're properly disposed and free of pride and lust and jealousy and self-hatred. Come to me in your brokenness and sinfulness with all your fears and insecurities, and I will comfort you. I will come to you right where you are, where you live, and love you just the way you are, not the way you think you should be. This is a blessing you. I bless this for us. Because this is either true for us or we are wasting our time. You know, but it cannot be true if I do not feel it and don't experience it. And I'm going to continue here, okay? Jesus convinced her. I mean, can you imagine talking about the field? Everybody knew who this lady was. How she got the money to buy that expensive bottle of perfume. Everybody knew what was on that field. Her sins. But Jesus was able to see the treasure. And he said, just come the way you are. Come the way you are. I love the list that Brennan puts here. You know, in your brokenness and sinfulness with all your fears and insecurities, and I will comfort you. I will come to you right where you live and love you just the way you are and not the way you think you should be. Jesus convinced her Winter has passed, that the rains were over and gone, that her sins had been forgiven, and that God now accepted her and approved of her. The moment she surrendered in faith, love took effect, and her life was transformed. The result was the inner healing of her heart manifested as peace, joy, gratitude, and love. The love of Christ called the sinful woman to enter into the mystery of herself, to abandon clarity. I had to read this a couple of times to understand this. The love of Christ called the sinful woman to enter into the mystery of herself. The treasure hidden there. And to abandon the clarity. 
The clarity is what you see in the field. Your history. Your sins. Your accomplishments. That's the clarity that we have. But we do not see the, the treasure. The mystery. The kind of clarity that the ego seeks. The kind of clarity which comforts me and allows me to think that I am, that all I really am is what I think I am. And that's all that there is to it. I want to let go of this clarity. That all I see is what I think I am. The creative power of Jesus' love called the repentant woman to regard herself as he did, to see in herself the possibilities that he saw in her. The place that this transformed woman occupies in Christian thought is not due to her strange, deep love for Jesus. I love this. It was not what she did. but rather to what was wrought in her by Christ's love for her. It was Christ's love for her that delivered her from her past and made her what she became. The central truth for which her life has come to stand is that it is possible to be delivered through love from the lowest depths to the shining heights where God dwells. I bless this for us. A lot of times we, we, we can, last Sunday I talked about, you know, the mission. God is on a mission. He doesn't depend on us creating a mission statement. He's looking for us to find out what is his mission and work with him. And his mission is to try to reveal to each one of us the treasure that he deposited in this earthen vessel. So, many are concerned about what the church needs to do and forget what God has already done. He did everything. He bought the field because of the treasure. He bought you. This is from another book called The Great Dance. Faith is not something that we do that moves us from the unforgiven column to the forgiven column. That was done in Jesus. You cannot move yourself from one column to the other by your works. Isn't that awesome? I love it because it makes everything so much easier. It takes the pressure off. That was done in Jesus. Faith is not something that we do that gets us reconciled, justified, included, adopted, redeemed, saved. Jesus has already done all of that. The fundamental character of Christian faith is that of discovery. 
That is so awesome. Lord, let us discover. Let us find this treasure. Let's, let's join with you in this adventure of you leading us to find what you have deposited in each one of us. Faith, continue from this quote, faith, as Luther said somewhere, is like the eye. It does not create what it sees. It sees what's there. Faith is not like, I'm going to have faith to become. No, I'm going to have faith to see what God created me to be. I'm going to have faith to accept what God gave me as my gift and what he created in me. And I'm going to worship him. I'm going to rejoice in him. And I'm going to, even in the trials and tribulations, by faith, I'm going to be thankful. And I'm going to accept I don't know, this, there's a lot, of, a lot of things changing for me. And a lot, of, a lot of wrong ideas that I had about my walk with God are falling off. A lot of idols, images that I had created in my mind of what I had to do, I still need to do this, and so much of performance doing works of the flesh. The Lord is being faithful to remove that and free us. Free. No. I want you to sit. Jesus, Jesus, aren't you going to tell my sister to help me? Says Martha. Jesus says, Mary chose the best part. Let her find the treasure. I bless this for us. I, I want to I bless this communion for us as we we do not come as much to Express our desire when we come to receive your desire. Your love. What you have already done. This is a reminder. Remember this? Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of the price that I paid. Do this in remembrance of what I already suffered for you. Do this in remembrance that The price, I, I was, this is like, life is so not worth anything today. I was thinking about that, about how it's so easy to just have people being killed all over the world. And it breaks my heart. You know, but then you think about the 30 Silver coins. It was the price of a slave. Life was not worth anything else also. 
in the time of Jesus. It was the price of a slave. But at the same time, it was the biggest price that he gave for us to have access. I want us to please take a moment and think about this. Forget about church. Forget about theology and religion. But think about you have access to the creator of the universe. And he, it says somewhere, his eyes roam through and through the earth looking. Before we could even think about seeking God, he was seeking us. He was, I cannot wait for you. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting like the father of the prodigal son. I'm just like counting the days for that son to wake up and come back just the way he is, just the way he, I don't care what, what you did with my money. I don't care what, what you did with what I gave you. I have more to give to you. We're going to bless Wesley later. And I want to use this as an illustration of this message. He turned 50 this week. You know, and as he was here sitting and praying, you know, the Lord just spoke to me. This is like you're born again. 50 years old. It's the year of Jubilee. It's the year of Jubilee. You, you, you are back with everything that you were born with. You're born with all the gifts, all that destiny, not a, as a destination, but as a relationship. Now you were sent to this earth, now you have everything restored. Each time we come and take communion, we can celebrate the year of Jubilee. And say, Lord, you, that's what you came to do. You came to restore. It doesn't matter what was done to, in that field, what was accomplished, what was destroyed, the, the mistakes and the sins. That field is clean. And the treasure is all there. So when we come and take communion, I, I want us to be by faith saying, Lord, I want to really discover this treasure. Show me, what, what do you think about me? What puts a smile in God's face when he thinks about you? What motivated Jesus to endure the cross, not just thinking about humanity and the whole creation, but thinking about a personal relationship. That's what a walk with God is. It's a discovery of this relationship. Amen. We bless this for us this morning. We bless those that are going to 
hopefully listen to this on the recording later. I had somebody, are you going to record? Yes, we're going to record. I don't know how long it's going to take to get it out. But we, it's being recorded. So we bless this. I bless this for uh, each one of you. I, I, I see and I, I, I think about you during the week. And I say, Lord, help us to see the treasure that you have. And how to experience this freedom of being not what we think we should be, but to be exactly what you created us to be. Amen. You guys want to stand?